everyone, and welcome to the Namely Marley podcast. I'm your host, Marley. The goal of this podcast is to focus on a little creative, healthy, and passion-filled living to your day every day. Today, I'm talking with Jessica. She's of the site, Jessica in the Kitchen, and we are talking about transitioning to a vegan diet. It's an important topic and something that I really enjoy talking with people about whenever I I come across people who are vegan or vegetarian or just some form of that. I I love talking about how how it is they came to that uh, way of eating. And I find it interesting that there are so many different stories that lead people to a vegetarian or vegan diet. So some people do it for health reasons. Some people do it um, for environmental reasons. Some people do it for weight loss. (laughs) That's not uncommon. Yes. (laughs) I really like that Jessica and I have a similar story and that we both went towards um, this vegetarian and vegan diet uh, out of a passion for improved health. And then afterwards learned about, um, you know, the impacts that uh, your diet has on animals. And so learning about factory farming, learning about how um, choosing a vegan and vegetarian diet has a big impact on that and reducing suffering of animals. I think it was for me when I read the book by Peter Singer. I'm blocking out the name of it, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it in the show notes page. It's a very good book. And that's where he first started talking about, you know, oh, the impacts that our choices make on animals. So I thought that was a very good read and I highly recommend it. So Jessica and I share that uh, in common, but we also share something else in common. And that is that we're both recipe developers. So um, we spend a little bit of time talking about vegan recipes and our goal in helping people find easy ways to make big vegan flavors. So I think you'll find that discussion interesting because, you know, if you are curious about cooking in the kitchen in a vegan way. Uh, We talk about several different ways about making that happen. We also talk about farmer's markets, the ugly vegetable movement, seitan, and um, well, we have a really fun discussion about (laughs) awesome plant-based meat replacements, you know, like cauliflower in place of chicken and Chinese food or things like that. It's very good. I think you'll really enjoy it. I can't wait to share it with you. But before we get into that feature interview, I just want to talk a little bit about something that I know that is on a lot of people's minds, the election. So I know the results didn't turn out like we wanted. It was a devastating blow to a lot of people who care about the environment, immigration, women's equality, and so much more. I have a lot more to say on this topic, and who knows, maybe I'll record another podcast, I'm not sure. But I just know today, I just want to you know, briefly go into a little bit and here's what I want to say. Do not lose hope. These are times that try our souls, but uh, we will come through this test. We always have. We always will. For me, I feel like people need hope right now, and they need to know that they can take steps that can make a difference. So for me, that means sharing more information about how you can take on a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle because it has a big impact on the environment. Every person who... Uh, opts for a vegan or vegetarian diet, even if you just do it part time, you will be making a difference for the environment. And I think it's, you know, sounds plausible that uh, some environmental progress will be on the chopping block. I certainly hope that that's not the case. But 
I do want you to know there are things that you can do. And I also feel like, you know, it's easy to feel out of control and that feeling out of control can make us uh, have anxiety. And so taking some personal responsibility in, in the ways that you can will make a difference for your life as well. So for me, that means, you know, vegan, we drive a car that gets really good gas mileage, you know, just things like that, that you can do to make a difference in your world and in the world in general, I feel like uh, it's an important first step. So in summary, we are on the same team, you and me, we're on the human team. And more importantly, we can come together with a sense of passion, respect and openness with each other. So today we can make that choice And it is the choice to be the change we want to see in this world. I'm not the one that came up with that quote. (laughs) I'm sure you all know that that's Gandhi. Be the change that you want to see in this world. And that doesn't mean we aren't going to have some bad days and slip uh, a little bit in that area. Nobody's perfect. But every day be working towards ways that you can be the change that you want to see in this world. And um, that will make a difference. So Yes, we'll talk more about this, you know, in a future episode. But for now, I just wanted to leave you with that message of hope. Okay, with that said, let's get straight to it. Here's today's feature interview with Jessica in the kitchen. Hey, everyone, I'm happy to have Jessica Hilton Lackey, author of the site Jessica in the kitchen. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the Namely Marley podcast. Hi, Marley. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for being on the show. You know, I've been a fan of your site for so long, and so it's really nice to get this chance to talk with you in person. And I really want to go into a little bit more about your approach to your diet and life. But first, I thought it might be helpful for everybody if you could talk a little bit about your background. Can you describe for everybody the way you eat and what it is that made you choose this this uh, lifestyle? Well, I'm a vegetarian and I became a vegetarian about two or three years ago. So it's like we were just um, talking about a while ago. I found that once I became a vegetarian, I actually had such a wide variety of food to choose from. And it kind of got me really creative in the kitchen. So even though we will repeat dinners sometimes, I really like making new ideas and sharing them on the blog a lot and keeping them simple and delicious for my readers. I love that. And, you know, it's so funny that you say that because sometimes I I feel like people have asked me, like, don't you feel limited when you go to the grocery store? And I feel like it's actually the complete opposite. I can just avoid, I can avoid those, you know, middle aisles altogether and just like stick to the stuff on the outside. And I don't know, it feels like it gives me more choices and not less. Definitely. The produce aisle is kind of limitless. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's so true. And yet, I mean, now it seems like there's more and more products that are both vegetarian and vegan that, you know, you can end up, you know, can find yourself in the middle aisles buying some things. I just try to keep it limited. That's all. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because Oreos, you know, they're really good. Vegan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not like we want to eat them all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then you started your blog, Jessica in the Kitchen. Can you tell everybody a little bit about your blog? Sure. Okay. So I blog about vegetarian and vegan food. And my blog's tagline is actually pulled from the earth, hot from the oven, straight from the heart. And my husband came up with that. Um, But Yeah, thanks. (laughs) But the entire basis of my blog is that we don't use refined sugars, um, refined flours, and it's kind of just healthy eating, but not just 
not healthy in terms of a diet, but in terms of the best quality ingredients and stuff that you can eat. You're not going to feel guilty and it's really good for you at the end of the day. Oh, so, yeah, so I share, I share um, both savory and sweet meals so that people can know that they can indulge a little if they want. But even in indulging, they don't have to feel guilty about their desserts. Because you're not using refined sugars or refined flours. Right. Yeah, that's very good. What what caused you to, you know, pick on those two ingredients in particular? They felt like those are the kind of two major offenders. Well, I just kind of took it from my own personal experience because I kind of used food as a way. I was I was kind of sick um, a while back. And actually, after I became vegetarian and started eating this way, I started to feel a whole lot better. And yeah. I just kind of use that philosophy on my blog so that people can know that you don't feel restricted at all. You can still eat the same way that you want to eat. You can still have a burger, but it's just a better version of the burger or a pizza, for example, or, you know, a casserole, anything like that. And yeah. that it's still really good for you. And the ingredients are great and fresh and organic. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, because I feel the sure. same way. I think people do have this perception that, you know, if you choose a vegetarian or a vegan diet, it's like, you know, you're living the life of a monk or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But in reality, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're eating pizza as, on a Friday night. And it's, oh, yeah. we, we put vegetarian pepperoni and vegetarian sausage on it. And it's yeah. <laughs> really, really good stuff. Yeah, that's the same thing here. We still have or quote-unquote junk nights, but yeah. at the end of it, we, we know that, well, what we ate was still healthy, and it still tasted really great. That's the most important part to me. Yeah. So, yeah, no limitations. And if you're not using refined flours, then are you making your own pizza crusts? Um, that's what I normally do. I usually experiment with gluten-free Um. I'm not gluten-free myself, but I do like the options of using, um, whether it's like chickpea flour or quinoa flour, for example. Um, mm -hmm. So we do make a lot of our own stuff here. I actually love making pizza crusts and homemade breads. So it's, it's definitely a passion when it comes to that. Yes, exactly. And what I found is like you can actually make... Uh, your pizza crust and just freeze them and then that way oh, yeah. you know you just grab that little ball out of the freezer and and yeah. you know warm it up and let it rise and you're ready to go oh yeah that's always the easiest thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the toppings is the best part because you know oh, you gosh, can put yeah. all kinds of vegetables <laughs> there's so many toppings you can put on pizza it's not even funny yeah we made uh, I made a vegan pizza um, a couple of weeks ago and after my husband tasted it he said you could sell this this is really good <laughs> <laughs> and I brought some for my family and they, they all loved it and I was like yes <laughs> yeah you know I've had so many people who tell me something like that like you know you should start a restaurant but I have no desire for that There's, restaurants are a lot of work yes they are <laughs> <laughs> So what was the story like, you know, was there something that happened that made you want to go vegetarian? Well, it's actually a pretty um, interesting story. Okay. So I'm actually allergic to pork and beef. Wow. Um, yeah. So I haven't like had that in, I don't know, over a decade, actually, since, ever since allergy came up. And do they know what caused that allergy to come up? 
I have no idea. And I don't think the doctors gave me like a clear reason, but I just kind of woke up one day and I just said, I can't eat chicken anymore. I was going to make a chicken dish. And then I just kind of went cold turkey. I I don't know. It just kind of happened just like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I guess it was a welcome challenge because I had always been cooking in the kitchen. So it wasn't like I didn't have, you know, any kitchen experience. And I had been eating a lot more vegetarian meals at that point. So it was more like maybe chicken a few times a week or once or twice. And I tried to just have fish at first. And then I realized I was kind of forcing um, so that was like for a week only. <laughs> and then I just went completely vegetarian and I haven't looked back once. Were there some foods that were harder to give up than others? Um, not in terms of meat, but in terms of the whole refined flour and refined sugar. Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. Yes, I get that. <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> that does get hard sometimes, but I always just stick to, I know that this is best for me and it tastes just as good. But sometimes you do have that in the back of your head. So that was hard at first to um, get rid of. But I found that once I did, it's like I wasn't addicted to it anymore. Yes. I think refined sugar would probably be the hardest because it's in everything. It's even in ketchup. It's in barbecue sauce. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. (laughs) I I mean, you can find versions that don't have it, but they're usually kind of expensive. So, I mean... You, you probably end up making your own? Yes, we do, actually. Um, not every single item. So, like, if we can find something, like you said, um, like a ketchup that doesn't have it, like yeah. it's an organic ketchup and it says it on it that no refined sugar and we check the ingredients. But a lot of the items we make ourselves, um, my husband cooks as well. Nice. So, yeah, he's a really good cook. Um, so, like, he makes her own barbecue sauce, for example. And he loves making sauces. So we always have a supply. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's very good. I think that one of the things I found hard uh, recently is pickles. Right. It seems like the dill variety has so much salt in them. And then the sweet variety all have high fructose corn syrup. It drives me crazy. Right. I actually tried to pickle my own. Yeah. Um, earlier this year it, it turned out well I so bet. yeah and I tried to um pickle a few other ingredients as well so I'm, I'm trying to go along that track with a lot of items yeah I actually it's funny that you say that because I've been toying around with the idea of doing my own pickles just for that very reason so you can control is it is this sound like a control freak yeah. I don't know <laughs> no not at all <laughs> I mean I think knowing exactly what what is in what you're eating is it's kind of like the best thing, you know? Right. Yes, I agree. Knowing what you're eating and knowing what impact it has on your body. Like I think right. sugar is a great example because um, I first of all, I think your taste buds can become accustomed to sugar very easily. But you right. can reduce the amount of sweetness in your food and the next thing you know, you're used to that and it tastes great. That's so true. And I find that Whenever, like, we go on vacation and, you know, if we tend to have a, um, a lot of sweets and you come back home and all of a sudden you want more sweets, yes. even if you were eating really well before. So I think it's really easy to get addicted without realizing. <laughs> yes, you have to, like, reacclimate to the regular yeah. diet. <laughs> yeah. I like that because I, the, the thing I like about that, though, is, like, you're allowing yourself time to, you know, you're on vacation, so it's okay to 
let loose and enjoy food. Because I, I, I have this theory like I want to really enjoy this human experience of food. And, and you know, there's some right. really good food out there and I want to enjoy it. <laughs> right. No, I agree 100%. Is there any kind of, uh, you know, perspective from you as far as animal cruelty or, or is this, you know, mostly from a health perspective for you? I mean, I think after I became a vegetarian, I um, started to look yes. at the, aspect, the other side as well. So I it didn't come thing. first. Yes. But then I realized, wow, that actually um, the animal cruelty side of it does affect me a lot more now. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, in terms of, I mean, like the blog and everything, I just really wanted people to know that it's really not hard to turn vegetarian and to still eat a wide variety of food and to still be healthy. And I actually get a lot of readers emailing me um, about, you know, how do I do this and how do I make it easy? And I try and direct them to the certain sections of my site, whether it's dinner recipes that they're looking for, just to show them that it's really easy because I don't, I don't think anyone really wants to stay in the kitchen for three hours <laughs> just to make, you know, so yes. I try and provide that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I do, I do see this trend towards people really wanting easy recipes. And right. so do you think you found some tricks for making easy recipes in the kitchen? Yeah, I think I just try to pull from my own life, from my own experiences, because, I mean, as bloggers, we still have to eat. Yes. <laughs> and I know a lot of people think that, um, because I think I post three times a week, but I eat much more than three times a week. <laughs> yeah. So there's still a lot of meals in between. And I just try and create uh, meals that generally I try and aim for under an hour. A lot of them come under 30 minutes, actually. And... What happens a lot of the times is that after I've made a meal quite a few times, I realize, oh, I could put this on my blog. Like yeah. I made a, a coconut chickpea curry. And I think I made that like three times in one week. And my <laughs> husband was like in love with it. And I was in love with it. And I was like, I should really share this because I just kind of came up with it. We had chickpeas. We had um, fresh tomatoes. And we had just come from the farmer's market. And I just kind of want people to know that this is actually how the recipe was born, you know, from right. me just making it for our family. Simple yes. as that. I think those are the best ones. And then uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but I, the way I feel about recipes is I feel like after I've tried it a few times, then I start to realize, oh, I don't need this step. I can, we can do this this way. And I can, yeah. I can redo. I feel like sometimes there's unnecessary ingredients or, you know, like steps that can be involved. And so it's funny that you say that because I have a coconut uh, chickpea curry recipe too. And that's oh. where I figured out I could just do it all in one pot. And I, you know, put the oh, yeah. rice directly in there and let it all cook together. And it was really good. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I... It's funny that you say that because I'm the same way with recipes. <laughs> I try and follow, like if I'm you oh. know, using someone else's recipe, oh, I really so try hard. and follow it, right? Yes. <laughs> but I'm like to my readers, I want you to follow the recipe, but don't be afraid. Like yes. if it's like savory, don't be afraid to say, I'm going to add a little more um, turmeric to it or something like that. Because... Yes. It, it should really come up to how they want. And I want them to have creativity in the kitchen. Right. But yeah, I, 
ended up doing a lot of quote-unquote one-pot recipes, not because I planned to, but it was kind of, how do I do this minus all the dishes? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it comes up to, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not just about how long the dish takes, it's also about how many dishes are left over when you're, yeah. when you're done. <laughs> there have been times, like, when I'm working on several recipes at a time, and it's like, Sean calls it the Marley hurricane as it moved through the kitchen. It's like, there's just stuff everywhere. <laughs> I guess that's the oh, life yeah. of a recipe developer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same thing here. <laughs> so was there anything about weight for you as far as choosing a vegetarian diet? Or, you know, in other words, like, I think a lot of people look to either vegetarian or vegan as a tool for weight loss. And I'm curious if that's been an approach for you or if you've known other people who've had that. Well, I mean, I didn't originally switch for that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it did definitely help to like help me to like maintain my weight for sure. Which is saying a lot for somebody who's posting three recipes a week. I mean, there's a lot of food involved with that. Oh yeah. I mean, we have to try so many recipes uh -huh. and a lot of experimenting. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I do like that I can help to maintain my weight. And I mean, I also do yoga and other types of exercise as well. But I do know that the food makes the biggest impact for sure. Yeah. Um, and I know quite a few people who have told me that they've used a lot of my recipes and it's helped them to lose a lot of weight. And that's always great to hear that they did it, you know, a way that was healthy and that was easy and nutritious and it still helped them in that way. Yeah, I like that too. Because I think, I think if you use either a vegetarian or a vegan diet as a crutch to lose weight, I don't think, I mean, I think you, like we just said, there's plenty of Oreos in the, you right, know, exactly. in, in the grocery store and they're <laughs> vegan. So you can eat, you know, Oreos and, and uh, potato chips until, you know, you can't oh, yeah. fit into your jeans anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I think as long as it's like a plant-based, I like that, you know, I, yeah. I, I like what you said on your, your tagline, you know, pulled from the earth and hot from the oven and straight from a heart. I thought that was just really beautiful. And I think it, it <laughs> is a testament more towards, I think the more plants that we can get into our diet, the better. Oh, yeah. I think when I discovered, because we have an organic um, farmer's market near our house, wow, about, nice. maybe about five minutes away um, nice. every other Saturday. Yeah, and when I discovered it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we actually did a farm-to-table experience for my birthday. And that was the first time that, I, I don't know, it just kind of changed the way that I looked at organic food. And I had been eating organic before that, but it kind of made the biggest difference because we were served food and it's a farm called Stush in the Bush. And they literally said, these carrots were picked 15 minutes ago. Wow. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and they tasted so good. And it was, it was a completely vegetarian experience. And I don't know, I just kind of look after that, I just said, I want to make even my recipes on my blog, like kind of ingredient centric. So it's kind of based around a main ingredient, like a main vegetable or fruit. And then they're like accompanying ingredients in there. And that just kind of changed the way that I looked at how to make meals as well. Kind of like enhancing the vegetable or the fruit as opposed to just covering it up, for example. I like that too, because not only are you, you know, having more plants and farm to table on your own table, but you're also right. supporting local business. And that's amazing. Oh, right. Yeah. 
yeah. a lot of these huge farmers just dominate but so to support some local smaller farmers i think is such an important thing to do yeah definitely <laughs> yeah and there's also this notion like i don't know if you've heard people talk about this movement towards you know like our food is sometimes too clean so knowing that that was just pulled 10 minutes ago or whatever from that garden makes right. you feel like it's it's got to have some of the, you know, I don't know, organic components of the ground around it in the food itself. So that's really good for us. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I, I mean, I I kind of think that relates to the, I think they call it the ugly vegetable movement. Yes, yes. I, I found out that a lot of the vegetables and fruits that get to the supermarket are selected from thousands and these are the prettiest ones yes. and they're polished so this is the perfect selection but the, the carrot that wasn't perfectly cut is just as good it's not better because it hasn't been shaved down or cleaned or anything like that so right. i try to follow that whole quote-unquote ugly vegetable movement um yeah i pick out the ugliest carrots i can find <laughs> at the farmer's market and just cook them the same way they taste just as great well, you know, sometimes, okay, so like they make thornless blackberries or blackberries have these yeah. huge thorns oh, yeah. on the bushes. Yeah. And I don't think they taste as good. <laughs> right. And I agree. Sometimes like, you've got to get a little dirty and there's going to be some yeah. thorns and that's going to make it even better. Yeah. And I don't know, there's something about knowing that I'm the one who even like tomatoes on the vine. Yeah. Um, I'm the one who got, and some of them are partially dented. It just feels more real. Like this is real food. Yeah. in front of me as opposed to something that was made to look the best possible way it could for me to see it now. Yeah. And I think if, as long as people don't, some people may not realize what we're talking about. This ugly food movement is like a movement upon on the part of grocery stores to stop that practice of only yeah. selling the best and beautiful, but to also have, I think they may have special designated areas where you can get produce that you know maybe it's a carrot that's got a little arm growing out of the side or you know right. <laughs> bananas that have a little dent in them or whatever and and they probably they're a little bit cheaper I think but yeah um, they taste just as good and yeah um, just as good for you definitely yeah so it's kind of all part of a, a plant-based movement so it sounds like you encourage your readers to adopt a plant-based diet as far as you know as, as getting as many plants in their diet as possible oh yeah definitely i mean like i will do recipes um like you know breads sometimes um yeah. but i do try to make majority of the recipes plant-based so for example um i just finished a blog post for an ice cream that i'm doing mm. it's a banana ice cream so i think they're called nice creams yes um I, yeah I and the first time I made one was actually by accident. Oh. And it was just kind of amazing to see the banana go from these hard banana frozen coins to this creamy thing. And it made ice cream. And yes. I was like, wow, I should share this. And then I looked online and I saw that it was this big world <laughs> about <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> I kind of felt locked out of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I mean, something like that for the summer, for you, your kids. And that's really you know, plant-based, well, fruit-based, but it's good for you and you can still, you know, enjoy it just as much as regular ice cream. And you're getting the fiber and the, you know, all the, you know, antioxidants, all the, you know, nutrients from the fruit and it's so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love finding those kinds of tricks like that. You know, for example, 
I've heard of people searing watermelon and using that in place of tuna or, you know, chickpeas in place of tuna salad or things like yeah, that. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do you have a favorite, you know, thing like that that you do that's, you know, replacing something, you know, meat with something else? Well, I mean, I do love doing veggie burgers a lot. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite veggie burger that I have is I have a beet veggie burger and like you kind of hear beets in burgers and you're like what <laughs> but I found out that because there's a restaurant that I had my most favorite plant-based veggie burger from ever and I was obsessed with recreating it <laughs> and I found out that they actually used beets for a very I hate this word but like a meaty consistency yes. and to keep it together and that for me was the best transformative ingredient in a veggie burger because I was like, wow, it actually tastes really amazing. So yeah. I kind of like using beets in that way because I have a beet meatballs, quote unquote, recipe as well. Um, but I have tried there. I haven't, it's not on my blog, but these vegan crab cakes yeah. and they, the blog that I got it from used artichokes in place of it. It's so random, but it tastes the same it's pretty wow. awesome yeah <laughs> so you use artichokes and and you put some seasoning on it yeah art, i mean well artichokes um like gluten-free breadcrumbs and everything that you would use in like regular crab cake except yeah. crab uh-huh. and you just made that together and it just came together just like crab cake wow i can see where that would work totally that there's a yeah. you know um i think another thing i've seen is a uh, eggplant and flavored it like bacon but you know there's i've used almond chips and coconut chips there's all kinds of yeah, things that you I've can flavor like bacon flakes. yeah <laughs> yeah there's really no excuse to be eating bacon because there's plenty, plenty of bacon substitutes <laughs> now <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> It's so interesting. I mean, I think it's so cool that you can make something into something else. And I mean, why wouldn't you want to experiment in the kitchen like that? I think it's really cool. Yes, exactly. And, and if somebody isn't interested in experimenting in the kitchen, they can go to a site like yours where <laughs> you have done the experiment and they can just use your yeah. recipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's just plenty of opportunities. I, I'm just, you know, like cauliflower is a great example. I Yes. I made cauliflower rice and then uh, one day I just had this idea and I thought I'm just going to put some taco seasoning in it and it tastes to me it's just like as if I'm eating you know taco meat oh, yeah. I put it on my taco salad or tacos I just yeah. love it it's really really good and it's it's plant-based yeah actually as you um, said that I've made cauliflower wings quite a few times <gasps> those are so yeah. good <laughs> I think I made my first one like about three years ago yes. and I just I mean when you taste it you're like this tastes amazing <laughs> and I like cauliflower just roasted but this kind of just enhanced it completely then I just started to make different versions of it and then the very first time that I made um lettuce wraps I made them oh. raw and mm-hmm. I used walnuts as taco meat wow and that was good Oh, yeah. And um, I gave my husband to try, um, fiance at the time he was, um, and he was like, this tastes amazing. Like, how is this? How are these walnuts right now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those transformative recipes are really cool. (laughs) I love that part. And, and, you know, when I made those cauliflower chicken wings, I was so the thing that was so cool about that is I ended up we ate the whole pan. And I, yeah. didn't, and I didn't feel guilty because it was yes. cauliflower. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We made um, cauliflower wings for Super Bowl and ate all of them <laughs> and did not feel guilty at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and I don't think I mean they're not too difficult to make. It was a couple of steps involved, but it really wasn't yeah. too bad. I mean, you have to yeah. kind of like the hot wings flavor. My husband doesn't really like that much, but that meant more for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way I look at it. So, do you have any favorite resources that you would you know you give to people when they're asking about how do you make the transition to either a vegetarian or vegan diet? Well, I mean, I actually have had an idea for an ebook for it because really? I've gotten so many people asking me. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. I get dozens of emails every week asking about the transition, and I was like, I think if I actually made an all-encompassing resource, yeah. then that would help a lot. But right now, what I do try and share like different sites. Um, like I know All My Veggies has a new to vegetarianism start hair page yes. and. They go through different um, roundups that they have about, you know, learning how to use tofu, for example, or um, where to start with seasoning veggies. But what I try and tell people is to start slow because I don't think um, everyone can just jump right into it. And I yeah. think if you don't really have a plan and you don't cook that much, it can be a little confusing. Yeah. But I just say to them, and my dad actually said this to me that his vegetarian friend said that treat vegetables the same way. I mean, season them, you know, yeah. I mean, it's okay to have like roasted carrots seasoned well and, um, you know, using them as, you know, real food, not just always raw and with nothing on it because right. that may turn you off at first. But if you just cook them down, just like you would anything else, then I think that would really help and I think just like going slow and easy like for breakfast I love to have oats um it's kind of boring but I don't know I just feel like oats you can transform in any way yes um and I actually do love smoothie bowls as well and for like lunch and dinner I just try a variety of things um whether it's having like tostadas or tacos or even like a really nice salad or um, trying new pestos. And I think keeping it new but simple does help if you're trying to do a transition. What about like the faux vegetarian meats? Do you recommend those to people? You mean like in terms of um, proper vitamins and everything? Um, I mean like in terms of like uh, Gardein has uh, fried chicken oh, fingers. Oh, so, and, oh, yes. um. Well, personally, I really like Gardein. I do too. <laughs> I think it tastes amazing. Yes. And I do think that that is, I mean, especially since they're like an organic company, I do yeah. think that I, I recommend that as well. Because yeah. I said, that if you can find something like that to help make it easier so that you're not making every single meal, because that can get tiring, yes. you know? So I would recommend that to them for sure. Um, to stop by their supermarket, buy some Gardein products, for example. Um yeah. And just to try them, I mean, they're really good. <laughs> I'd like to point out to people, too, that the health food stuff, at least in our grocery store, is yeah. in at least three different sections. There's a little area in the produce department. Right. That's where they sell the tofu and the things like that. Right. But then there's a there's like a gener there's like a designated health food section where you can find, you know, veggie burgers and um, right, yes. meat crumbles, veggie meat crumbles. But then I found in the freezer section, they actually have more things back there too. Like next to that, there's the vegan ice cream is back there. So 
sometimes you have to look around when you're in the in the grocery store. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, it's the same thing with our grocery store. Same three different sections. Really, kind of coincidence. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and you can find a wide variety of even like different types of tofu's, um, different veggie burgers or veggie quote unquote meatloafs or yes. any kind of variety like that. Yeah, and I think. Don't try and do it all at once, you know. Um, right. It can be really intimidating because I don't think anyone loves to cook every single meal that they have to make. So right. if they can get a few shortcuts that are still like healthy and good for them, then I definitely recommend that. I like that idea too. But I think sometimes if you go into it, you know, like, I'm going to do quotes, whole hog. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, get, you can like kind of spin your wheels and then lose your steam kind of yeah, thing, you definitely. know. And I just think that you'd be better off to, you know, take your time with it. And I like what you're just kind of leaning towards. Like maybe you take one meal at a time. I think it's probably super easy to make your breakfast vegetarian. And then, right. and then exactly. switch, you know, then add, start adding more vegetarian options at lunch and then just slowly but surely add more and more vegetarian options. Exactly. Because the last thing that you want people to feel is that they're limited yes. and that they have to only have this thing or only salads. Yes. <laughs> I know that was a huge stereotype yes. <laughs> for the longest while. Kale um, chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it can really be anything that they want to have. Yeah, so think about it from that perspective. What are you typically eating for breakfast? Is it an Egg McMuffin sandwich? Well, find some ways to, you know, get some vegetarian bacon and just make that sandwich exactly. without that. Exactly, yeah. I mean, even I started using um, the protein Satan oh, the yeah. other day. And I was shocked at how, I mean, you can I, it's very it anything. It's very Oh, yes. yeah. And it tastes really good. Like yeah. I made these um, vegan fajita bowls. Yeah. And I was like, this could easily be like a breakfast patty, for example. Yes. So, I actually made yeah. my own seitan once and it's really not too hard. The the stuff, you know, the I'm trying to think what it is. The vital wheat gluten. You can right, find that right, right. in the health food store and it's right, easy to yeah. make. It's relatively inexpensive, too. Oh, yeah, I need to make that at home. <laughs> yes, that, it's yeah. <laughs> very tasty. I actually made a kind of like a, a loaf with it with barbecue sauce on it. Oh, it nice. Everybody loved it and they had it in sandwiches and, you know, with dinner. It was it was really nice. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. You're making me hungry. <laughs> so that's great. So um, I just have a couple of fun questions for you here at the end of the yeah. interview. So what's your favorite food? Wow, that's hard. <laughs> I know, too many um, to choose from. Hmm. Strange enough, I mean, I like bowl foods in general. So, uh -huh. like, if it's like um, a meal that has quinoa on the side, and then you have maybe some crunchy chickpeas and like a hummus, um, some cooked veggies. So, I guess I'd say bowl food. But in terms of a specific food, I like <laughs> I like um, pasta a lot. <laughs> You're narrowing down. You're starting with a large circle and working your way yeah. down. <laughs> pasta. Well, like, yeah, variations of um, whether it's noodles or pasta. Um, and I do try and keep it gluten-free, of course. Yes. I like different types like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's so many good options for gluten-free oh, pasta. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's really good stuff. Okay, so... Tell me this. What's a band or a singer you cannot get tired of hearing? Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. I like Ed Sheeran a lot. Yes. Sam Smith. Yeah. Um, yes. 
I really love those two a lot. <laughs> so I'd say one of them, yeah. That those they both have a really cool vibe. Yeah. I mean I like Taylor Swift, um, Beyonce. I can't really choose one. I had this question at my bridal show and I can't they had to choose out of the top five. <laughs> I <couldn> <laughs> <one>. <laughs> That's okay. Top five is good. That's good. Okay, so tell me what inspires you. Um, wow. I mean, I guess I like waking up and just feeling like I have so many hours in the day to, you know, just do something great, try and make a difference. I guess like life itself yeah. um inspires me. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. So, Jessica, how can people find you online? Okay, so my blog is Jessica in the Kitchen and it's jessicainthekitchen.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jessica in the Kitchen, at Twitter at Jess in Kitchen, Pinterest at Jessica's Kitchen, and <laughs> Facebook at Jessica in the Kitchen blog. Wonderful. Jessica, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. I had a really great time. Thanks so much, Marlon. Thanks for inviting me. I had a really fun time too. Thanks to Jessica for being my guest on today's episode of the Namely Marley podcast. If you'd like more information about today's show, just head over to the show notes page at namelymarley.com forward slash podcast. I hope you're loving the Namely Marley podcast. If so, there's more to come. I'm happy to say. Um, there are some ways that you can su support this show. You can head over to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a review. You can also share this episode with your friends and family on social media, or you can share about it on your own blog or podcast. Send me an email. Let me know if there's other topics you'd love to hear discussed. All of these things are really helpful and they really mean a lot. So until next time, may health and happiness come your way today.